Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, everybody. I'm Kim Holderness. And I'm Ben Holderness. Thank you so much for choosing the Holderness Family Podcast. How are you doing, Ben? You know, I'm good. I feel great. I mean, I don't want to share too much information, but I feel free and... So, okay, this is not what we're talking about in this show. And I want to just make sure you guys know that Jess Ekstrom is coming on and she is fantastic. Fantastic. She's going to inspire you and your entire family to start a business. And she's going to tell you about how how sometimes frustration leads to inspiration. Yeah. And I was frustrated this morning Mm -hmm. because I was out of my emergency pair of uh, underwear. Oh, sweet Mary, mother of... So, and I got, you know what my emergency pair of underwear is, right? It's, Can it's you a, describe it? It's a Clark Griswold. They were like a stocking stuffer. <laughs> um, so they're Christmas boxers with Clark Griswold on them. So he, you walked into bed last night wearing your Clark Griswold boxers. I was like, well, uh, we're at the <laughs> laundry needs to be done. Right, and I thought I had put the, the stuff from the washer in the dryer and I got up and I, and I worked out and I worked out, you know, they have those like liner shorts, but then those were, those were done. And I took a shower and I was like, I got nothing left. And so. For the first time in a long, long time. Oh my gosh, she's going commando, guys. And listen, and I look, I follow rules when it comes to this. Okay, like there are commando rules. Number one, make sure that you exhaust. Oh my God. Make sure you exhaust your your emergency boxers. Number two, um, you can only do it right after you got out. Like I've I've got to be very. Like, got to be very tidy. Clean. Yeah, I've taken take a shower. Oh my I'm gosh, good. I'm good. Je- poor Jess is and listening then, to this, and she's like, this, they interviewed no, me, and but, then now they're talking about. But this, I'm I'm feeling fan. You're asking how I'm feeling. This was, it was a bit of frustration that turned into inspiration. And that's what she's all about. And man, I just feel free. And I just, I think we should just go for it with life. Me and you, go I love co- you so much. Let's go commando, You're so baby. so beautiful. <laughs> it's, it really makes me feel good. Why don't we do this more? Mm, rule, number, rule, rule number three is also as soon as uh, there's clean underwear, you just have to like, this can't be reworn. 
Correct. Like this goes straight into the. Yeah, you have to wash your. Okay, pen. sorry okay. guys, I'm sorry. Uh, but I, yeah. Thanks for being here, guys. <laughs> yeah. I also want to say I'm a little tired, but excited because I got to meet my godson Nico this weekend oh, in yeah. Cleveland. I got to visit my friend Raquel. If you remember her from the Amazing Race, her little baby boy is my godson, and I got to meet him. And so I'm very yeah. He's lovely. Yes, he is a charmer, isn't he? He's a charmer. Uh, also, we have some really fun projects in the works. Uh, Pen has just hit send to the publisher mm. on book number two. It's all about ADHD, and I, I, my name is going to be in the title. We need to talk about that because I, <laughs> I didn't write as much. I wrote. You, did, you it, contributed for in sure. In each chapter, I wrote like a note from Kim, and and one chapter is a little. I wrote a little bit more about being a partner and a parent. But this is this is all you. Like, my name shouldn't really be on there. I am willing to say you were a bigger influence than you think. You, I think, with the with the aesthetic, you really insisted on making sure that this didn't feel like a normal book. Mm -hmm. So I want to give you credit for that. We did some we did some work and we found this phenomenal like um, uh, artist who does a lot of sketches for the New York Times. Who the has, New Yorker? Oh, sorry, the New Yorker. I'm sorry. Who has nailed the vibe that I wanted? for this yeah. book. So I'm so excited. We haven't seen the full layout yet. We've just put in the text together. I know this is a information you guys may not care about, but I think that this book, thanks to Kim's contributions, Sarah's contributions, Becky, our editor's contributions, Anne-Marie and Sam's contributions is going to reframe the way that people look at ADHD. And I'm really excited about it. And it's interesting because when we, we're going to introduce Jess in a second, she talked all about ways. And even if you're not an entrepreneur yourself, examples, ways you can model for your children about taking these risks. And this is a big risk, this book, because it's books don't make a lot of money. So it's, it's really about you're investing. A, we invested a lot of time, a lot of time. And, I'm, and, and we hope, and we're proud yeah. of it, and we hope it works out, but it might not. You know what the most terrifying part was? Like, I don't, I don't care if no one ever reads this book again. We had to get it where we didn't get, we chose to get it peer-reviewed mm, yeah. by, by two, like, very well-known we pay, we doctors. Them, yes, yeah. absolutely. And so if they came back with, like, dude, you're, you're going down the wrong road, yeah, we have to scrap it. Right. And they didn't. They loved it. So that's that's the good news. Yeah. Okay, let's introduce our guest because she's amazing. Jess Ekstrom is the founder and CEO of Headbands for Hope. She's a best-selling author and a public speaker. She started Headbands of Hope as a junior in college to provide headbands to kids with illnesses. Since then, her company has donated millions of headbands all over the world. She's also the founder of The Mic Drop Workshop, an online course and community that helps women become public speakers. Jess leans into her ability to turn frustration into inspiration. The focus of her two books, Chasing the Bright Side and Create Your Bright Ideas, is to help both adults and kids embrace optimism and entrepreneurship. She's been featured on the Today Show, Good Morning America, Vanity Fair, Forbes, and People Magazine, and most importantly, she's going to share with us how she deals with being late because <laughs> she's been in the wrong, no, I'm sorry. No, she's we been were. In the, she's been in the correct waiting room of our Zoom call for several minutes because I logged into the wrong Zoom waiting room. So we're gonna see uh, how that goes. 
Welcome, Jess. So just so you know, Jess has been sitting in this Zoom meeting now for 10 minutes. I have been staring at a screen at the wrong meeting, which I just created without um, looking Sharing at my calendar. Sharing it to anybody. You were supposed to just right. put the combination just, of like numbers yeah. together. Just so you know, it was three minutes, but it caused a visceral reaction in both my wife and I believe Jess. You guys are do not do well with tardiness, do you? No. Okay, no. Jess, were you also having a panic attack? I was. Oh, my palms are sweaty right now. Like, <laughs> so sorry. This is my fault. You know. Literally straight out of the Eminem song, like uh, knees weak. Uh, uh, Vomit on your sweater already. Mom's, Mom's spaghetti. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> In my life, I think what happened is I tried out and did not make that. I just started dancing and I was in third or fourth grade, fourth or fifth grade. And there was a junior performance group. And I was like, oh, I'll just show up and try out because I had that bizarre childhood confidence. Of course. And yeah. it said on the flyer four to seven. And in my elementary school brain I was like oh I'll just show up at some point between four and seven and they'll just like I didn't know how it worked so I showed up at 4 30 and I was late oh. and it started at four and if you've watched dance moms you don't do that and also that I wasn't no, no. I had zero talent at that time I buckled down later but I had I, I wasn't going to make it anyway I showed up late after that I have I don't think I've been late to anything no you get furious with me if I'm on time yeah, I need to be early. Yeah, Jess, you're like a, you're a five minutes early. Jess, what about you? How do you roll? What's your what's your origin you, story? The, the, I was about to tell you the story. Literally, we are like walking the same path because mine was volleyball camp <gasps> when I was in middle school. We my mom got the time wrong, and at the time I was like, "Mom, like you're ruining my life." And now that I have a little kid, I'm like, "Oh, it's so easy to get everything wrong everything. when you have kids." But so she dropped me off at 9.30, started at 9, and the coach in front of everyone was like, you know, you can't be oh, late. No. And instead of making me run laps, she made everyone no. else run laps, and I had to stand there and watch. Oh, oh my gosh. I'm like, I can't even sweating talk my armpits. about this story. Yes, yes. And at, I remember standing there watching them run laps in their knee pads, and I'm like, I am never going to be yeah. late. I'm going to catch a lot of crap for this, but that's good coaching. No, it's, I was about to say that's, that's the worst uh, coaching. That's, I mean, no, but like, yeah, look at what's I mean, happened. She's like never, she, she's never late again. It's he, it, the worst punishment is punishing the, the other people. Scarred, oh, but, but that's you know, true. Never mind. Talk about it in therapy, but it's, you but know, for a middle school. Yeah. So here's the deal. Here's my issue with that is if you were 18 or six, even 16 and you're driving yourself. Yeah, I get it to be late, but you're in middle school. It's not your fault. You're late. You know, yeah, yeah. Make, it sounds like that yeah. was your make, fault because you thought that four to seven just meant any time between. No, four that and was seven. my fault. That was my fault. Okay, and nobody was disciplined except for me not making the dance team. Right. Um, anyway, this is not. We're not talking about. Who cares? Happiness, That's okay. We're but, getting to know each other. Oh yes. Hi Jess. How are you? Hello. <laughs> but I feel like this all plays. I mean, childhood, who we are as adults. Let's like, let's segue. That shaped us. Oh my gosh, that was a It's a great segue. segue. Yeah, so great. I think I feel like you guys planted that two minute late. Thing I know. I mean, and I was. Foot. I yeah. was like, oh my gosh. Well, okay. Let's hear about a little bit more about your childhood because it is at the yeah. core of the content that you're putting out there right now. Um, how, yeah. how optimism kind of turned into entrepreneurship and success. Tell us, tell us a little bit more about your origin story. Totally. Uh, okay. I'll give you the, you know, TLDR too long, didn't read version. So I was not the overachiever kid. Uh, my sister was, my sister's a year and a half older than me. Mm. She was like, you know, student body president, captain of the cross country team. And I was just known as Heather Ekstrom's sister. I don't think people, you know, really knew my name. 
And I remember my dad uh, was came home from work one day and he called a family meeting and was like, I want to quit my job. Mm-hmm. I have this business idea I want to start and I want your support. And my mom and my sister were like hugging him and crying like, oh, this is so beautiful, asking him questions about his business idea. And I was like, what's for dinner? I mean, just... <laughs> Couldn't have cared less. I didn't know what that really meant, what, why he would start a business when he had a secure job. And I was in middle school, you know, around that time. Um, I think this was pre-volleyball camp. So. <laughs> okay. Uh, pre-trauma. Yeah, Pre-trauma. And I watched him like over the next six months, turn our upstairs bathroom into like an office and, and just work and get this idea off the ground. And like, Quick side note, you know, one day my mom went up there and asked if he needed any help. You know, can I make you a sandwich, get you some coffee? And he was like, can you run customer service for my company? And uh, so they ran this business together for 10 years uh, and it it they it got acquired and now they are park rangers. So whole other side oh, story. Wow. But I watched him start this business and um, really pour everything he had into this idea. So kind of the wheel started turning. And then we went on our our family camping trip. I don't know if if you guys are campers, but my my family, you, you, Kim, you're a camper uh, or no? Uh, I have been camping. I've been camping. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We've it's, gone yeah. glamping and that was uh, that yes. was her speed. No, that no, was... we've gone camping anyway. You, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We're now glampers. We we yes. lived in an airstream for three years, oh, so nice. glamping wow. is our our style now. Yeah. But at the time, we were campers. Our our dog was even named Camper. That's that's just oh, how wow. hardcore we were. Hardcore. I was. It was like you know a time when we had Walkmans, and if no one knows what a Walkman is, it's like you know the OG iPod. But anyway, so I had my headphones in and they kept getting tangled in a knot the cord and i was getting so frustrated because you know i'm like i don't want to listen to the birds i want to listen to backstreet boys and i remember saying to my dad i'm like you know what headphone cords should just roll up so that like a slinky so they don't have to get tangled ever again and i was like i'm just gonna invent that like you invented your business and I remember the moment he sat me down and he got pretty serious and and he was like you know that idea has already been invented, but I really, really want you to keep thinking that way. Just like keep looking at the world through a lens that you can fix it. Mm-hmm. And so I really feel like that was a turning point for me of confidence where it wasn't like I had to be the smartest kid in the room or have straight A's. I just had to like create what I wish existed. And that is the core of entrepreneurship, whether you start a business or not. You know, I call it inspiration from frustration. When you're frustrated about something, when you think something should be done better, whether it's something as big as like social injustice or as small as like shoelaces should, you know, tie themselves or whatever it might be, maybe you're sitting on that next big idea to do something about it. There's some more plot twists, which I can get to, uh, to where I am today, but I'll also pause there. (laughs) Uh, We're all about the plot twist. We'll be right back. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. 
If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. Opening up to a therapist might feel uncomfortable, cathartic, exhausting, or even exhilarating. But one thing's for certain, if you keep talking or texting with a licensed therapist, you will gain insights and uncover truths that you can only find in therapy. Get those personal breakthroughs and judgment-free support by signing up for Talkspace. At Talkspace.com, you can sign up online and get a personalized match with a provider that's right for you, typically within 48 hours. There's no need to commute to appointments, miss time at work, or line up childcare in order to attend sessions. It's mental health care made easy. Talkspace is also affordable and in-network with most major insurers. To celebrate May, Mental Health Awareness Month, and the power of talking it out in therapy, Talkspace is offering every listener of this podcast $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com slash Holderness. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash Holderness to get $80 off your first month with code SPACE80 and to show your support for the show. That's Talkspace.com slash Holderness with code SPACE80. I would say I grew up very, I had a very different upbringing in that my, my mom is a teacher and my dad was an architect, which sounds fancier than it is, but really it they worked for big other big companies. And mm-hmm. that was sort of preached to me is to you know, a big company offers job security, a big company offers benefits, but we've all seen and we've all lived through, that doesn't mean much anymore. I, I, I don't, I mean, doesn't. we had a friend lived with, lived with us for 10 months during the pandemic because she was laid off by, by one of those big companies and couldn't find, I mean, those big companies weren't hiring back. So yeah. we, we are trying to use that language with our kids but it does seem scary to start something. And you mm-hmm. started Headbands for Hope in college. So can you talk to us a little bit about yeah. that? Well, it's actually a pretty good segue because I do, I, I'll pull back a little behind the scenes what I usually don't talk about as much. And, and it comes, it, it's the idea of security. Mm-hmm. I was in high school. Yeah, my senior year of high school. And we don't have to go down this like big rabbit hole, but I'll give you a plot twist and then that kind of Mm -hmm. headbands of hope. But long story short, my great uncle is Bernie Madoff. And so we... It's a heck of a plot twist. Heck of a plot twist. If you're driving, maybe pull over. But (laughs) it was this moment in 2008 for our family that was like, what just happened? Mm. Um, I mean, my family lost everything, you know, thousands of people lost so much. And then we were being hounded by media and stories were being written and, 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 you know, we lost people like people in our family 
died from this. It was just this, Mm. holy cow, what is life? And the thing is, is I saw my parents do everything right. And this is going to like make me emotional, but I saw my parents do everything right for them to like make it to senior year and start over at kindergarten again, Mm. you know? And, and I just realized like in that moment that like security is so like, you just never know what's going to happen. You just, I have absolutely no idea. And I knew that like a couple realizations in that moment that I didn't kind of realize were happening until later on, but I wanted to be in control over my own fate, if you will, even if that meant things didn't work out, which they have plenty of times not Mm -hmm. worked out. I wanted that to be on me and in my like sandbox of experimenting instead of getting the rug ripped out, you know, from under me. And then I also knew I wanted to start doing something that mattered because I saw this just like evil, you know, and and evil in my family tree, um, which made it even scarier of like what money and accolades and and this like hierarchy can do to our mind, our goals, our well-being. And so that really was the catalyst to like look, not looking, not just looking for an idea, but looking for an idea that mattered. Mm-hmm. And so when I got to to NC State and I was interning at Disney World, I got connected with Make-A-Wish there, interned for Make-A-Wish, saw a lot of kids losing their hair to chemotherapy and wanting to wear headbands as opposed to wigs or hats. And I just call it the dumbest, smartest moment of my life, being 18 years old, saying, how hard could it be to give start a company that gives headbands to kids with illnesses? So that was um, 2012. I started Headbands of Hope. For every headband sold, we donate one to a child with an illness. And now 2 million headbands and counting. Yeah. That's, and first of all, thank you for sharing about your great uncle. I had no idea his family was also ensnared in that. Obviously, he made the headlines, so many celebrities. But that must have been, not. we won't dwell on it too much, but I can't imagine the heartbreak of somebody in your family tree doing, taking that from you and your family. Yeah. And then it was really, I mean, so many people were affected by it and remain affected by it to this day. But just watching it so closely, like my my grandparents were retired, but this is ties back to kind of what we're talking about. They were retired and they lost all of their retirement and started a cab driving company and drove people like did airport rides and pickups, plastered their car with like need a ride and their phone number. And I'll tell you, like my grandma would always tell me that she felt like she was born in the wrong era, that she was meant to be like a working woman. Yeah. And then here she is at 80 years old running her own business. And of course it was hard getting up at, you know, in your eighties at one in the morning for an airport pickup, but she felt alive. She's like, this is, you know, I'm running something. And so of course it was traumatic and there's so much behind it, but like the shift that it made in my family and myself. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Like that's, you know, I wanted some extra pocket change after this. So I started eBay like company, like it just was it, just such a pivotal moment that I can point back to so many things that are happening today. Well, if you think about it, we started this by talking about inspiration coming from frustration. We talked about mm-hmm. your dad instilling that in you at a very early age. 
I imagine you probably have a specific moment during that time where your family, where your parents, and like they they put that in you, and it allowed mm-hmm. you to go from because I think the natural reaction for someone when this happens is, man, I can't believe this happened to me. Like, how do I, you know, how do I get back on top? And you were thinking, how can I help other people? Um, mm-hmm. So, can you do you remember a specific moment during that dark time where your family lifted you up and and made you the person that you are? You know, I think it was probably, I mean, there was so much around it, but, you know, when I had the idea for Headbands of Hope, they had every reason to tell me to just slow down or Mm -hmm. even like my dad, you know, I talk about this in Chasing the Bright Side, uh, another, you know, plot twist, like my dad helped me get off the ground and ended up our first round of headbands was with a fraudulent manufacturer that ran with our deposit. Yeah. Mm. And so it was like one thing after the next, but him and both of my parents and my sister, just like knowing that I could do it and not just like I could, but I, I will. And just being behind me every step of that way. Like there's, I also just recognize even with Bernie and everything, just the immense privilege that I have and had starting a business, like there's so many people that start things when, with no safety net and Mm -hmm. they leap and they're like, I hope this works out. Even like my dad, you know, being the person who had two young girls starting his business when I was in middle school, like I started mine, you know, with, uh, I didn't even have a dog, like (laughs) nothing to, nothing to lose. And so, uh, I just respect the heck out of that. And I know you two have a similar story of like, we had just no, got to make that leap. Yeah. yeah. We had no money. And we had two we, kids. Yeah. But I will say, I mean, it, we did have the privilege in that, you know, his, I always knew, I mean, it was never expressly offered, but if things didn't work out, I know we could have moved in with his parents. We could yep. have lived in their basement. Yeah. They would have. So that's a huge privilege. But no, we had two months of savings and that was it. And yeah. we, we kind of needed it to work. And we had a lot of luck, too, I will say. Now, you met, mentioned chasing the bright side and about embracing mm-hmm. optimism. And we can see you've definitely lived that in, in your book, Create Your Bright Ideas. And I really want to talk about this because fostering entrepreneurship in our children they don't need to wait to do this necessarily talk about they can they can achieve things right now like what's the first steps as parents that how can we encourage our kids to take these steps now yeah yeah and create your bright ideas you know i came out with it after chasing the bright side because so many readers of chasing the bright side were like i want to be able to share this message with my kids and and have them walk in a similar path and so when i kind of got down to it. I'm like, this is, yes, it's an entrepreneurship book for kids, but it's really like critical thinking, problem solving. What are the things that you enjoy and how can you find an overlap of like where people need that? So like figuring out what are the things your kid loves to do? Mm -hmm. Is it coloring? Is it crafts? Is it moving outside or whatever it might be? And then where do people need that thing? Is there, you know, uh, trash that needs to be picked up and they want to be the ones that are, you know, cleaning the streets? Or is it, I, I, there was a girl um, who wrote in after reading Create Your Bright Ideas and she loved to pick up like bottle caps and trash at the beach that was close to their house. And she ended up turning those 
got trash and bottle caps into picture frames mm. that she sold to uh, and created her own Etsy shop to help um, like ocean conservancy. And so finding the things that you love to do and then where's the overlap of like what people need, it's just such a great starting point. And I think, you know, one of the important things to realize for kids, it's like it, it's not every, and this is actually for adults too, not everything is going to work, mm. but just the pressure cooker of starting an idea. It is like you learn 20 different skills. You learn what you love and you learn what you never want to do again. And all of that is great information for just going about life. I will say real quick, if, if you have a teenager who's looking for a business idea, the sweet boy, we have no soliciting signs all over our house because some, there were some weird people that were coming to our house. So, um, yeah, and yeah. so somebody knocked on the door. I was like, oh, I'm a, I was about to go off. <laughs> the sweet kid, he's 13. He has all of his cleaning supplies and he cleans out on trash day over the summer. He would go clean out your garbage cans because ours get disgusting. Oh, that's amazing. Um, yeah. Amazing. And and he, I, I'm like, he's like, all I need is your hose. And he charged I think it was. 20, it was like twenty bucks a can. Twenty dude, the bucks guy, a can, and we were can. happy to pay him. And, and I, I was like, "Take my money, do this yes. now." And he did, and he stayed for a long time. He did a great job, but man, he did everybody's cans on our street. I'm like, that kid probably left after a few hours of work with hundreds of dollars. Mm-hmm. And now we just got to figure out how to scale it up, right? Well, no, I mean he's thirteen. <laughs> he's thirteen. I, I hire a workforce. No, I'm, I'm serious. Yeah, but he yeah. he saw a need and saw something I don't want to do. And I mean, it was a little spendy, but I was happy to not have to get the maggots out of my <laughs> trash right, can. Right, exactly. But um, okay, so, okay, Penn has a question. You're Sorry. fine, what do you got? No, you go. I just like, okay, I'm gonna be a cr- cr- crotchety old crotchety man here because I feel like do it's, it. a, it's a good way for, like, cause I, I do wanna get this in there. So let's say your kids are like, dad, I wanna, you know, like they're a little bit younger. Dad, I wanna do a lemonade stand. Man, do I support that, awesome. So we like set up the lemonade stand. We, they want to charge 25 cents. They're like, oh my gosh, we should do this all the time. Like we're there all day with the kids. They probably make $4 and 25 cents. And we like, we want to support them on this, but also there's gotta be somewhere in this book where you explain how to understand like actual financial accountability and profit, not when they're six, but there's going to be an age where you're going to have to figure that out. Right. And I'm, I'm sure that's something that you ran into as well when you were starting your own business. Oh my gosh. I remember, uh, like one of the things I did starting headbands of hope, (laughs) I had no idea like what a business plan was, how to price my product. I went onto the directory of, of business professors, any professor that was smiling in their photo smiling (laughs) out. And I was like, they're approachable. Can I get, yeah. 15 minutes of your time. Okay. What are taxes? And (laughs) should I be concerned about that? Like, I mean, it's something that I, you know, there's a lot of like heart around entrepreneurship and starting something, but there's got to be equal head in it, like finding the balance of the heart and the head. So in the back of create your bread ideas, after you've learned everything is actually like a tear out business plan. Um, So like writing in, you know, your mission statement, your products, what you're going to sell them for. And so I think like realizing one of the, one of the ways that I realized this was, so I became, when I was a kid, like was on the eBay frenzy. And mm. I was like, you mean I can sell things and, you know, make money. So I went in my mom's linen closet and hold, and put up like a white sheet in my bedroom. And it started with American Girl dolls. I don't know if your kids have yeah. American Girl dolls. We, we, yeah, we did for a while. 
people go nuts yeah. for American Girl dolls on Still? eBay. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, maybe. this was like a good, you know, 15 yeah. years ago, but I would like pose them and like brush their hair and put them on, <laughs> put them on eBay. And it was like such a rush. Um, and, and my dad would take me to the post office so I could ship them out and I, you know, include a little note in there. And so that's when I kind of started learning, like pricing what people want. But then I had a guitar that I played for like a total of five minutes and didn't want it anymore. And I sold a guitar on eBay. And then when I went to ship it, I realized, oh my gosh, the shipping it's costs more yeah. than what I sold it for. And so it was like a lesson, like you're saying, Penn, of like, this isn't just about, you know, right place, right time. And what do people need? There's the it, There's the financial part of it where I'm like, I lost money on this transaction. Let me make sure I don't lose money again. And so, yes, we can explain the money, but sometimes it's just like the first time you're like, man, I sold that lemonade and it costs more to buy the, the mix right. than what I sold. And sometimes it's just action and learning that trial and error. I would also, another question, how much should we be doing for them? So if it's mm, a five-year-old a doing question. a, a yeah. lemonade stand, yeah, I'm going to help mix it so we're not poisoning people. But but as they get older, how do, how do you kind of take the training wheels off for that? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. I, you know, I was telling you, I think when we first spoke that my daughter is seven months. And so I'm really learning. I have a lot to learn from you guys of like, when to help, when mm -hmm. to not. Uh, she's crawling now. She wants to stand on everything. And so, I, I mean, for me and my husband, we call them like safe falls, um, when do we know that she can fall and it's going to still be safe? And so that's when I stand back. I'm like, I know it's a safe fall, mm -hmm. but if, like you said, there's an opportunity for them to poison someone, or there's an opportunity for, you know, uh, something that just might not be safe, of course, step in. But I, for me, like thinking back to my parents, like they just had a long leash. It was, figure it out. You, oh, you ran out of ice. You, sh you should have brought more. <laughs> like it, it was a lot of figuring it out and very little hands-on in, in that department, yeah. which I think made me learn quicker. But now being a mom myself, I realize how hard that must've been to like watch the oh, same yeah. falls. We wouldn't be able to do that. We would need like the <laughs> muzzles they put on dogs. We would need, <laughs> we would need our own leash to keep from like running out and correcting the, yeah. uh, the issues. I think that, that Kim and I, we do struggle as a helicopter or even snowplow parents in some situations. We're trying to get better at it, but yeah, that's Have good your to kids, know. Like it, watching you two build this and, and, and create this following and then, you know, have family face off and target, like, are they, I want to do that. Or are they like, eh, I'm I think, good. You know, I think it's a good question. I think it's all they've ever known or, or remembered. So mm -hmm. sometimes, um, for example, we're leaving tonight. We have a work trip, so we're going to be missing tomorrow. We're going to be missing, you know, uh, a, a game and a school dance and taking pictures. The whole thing. We're missing some stuff, which we don't miss. All. The whole reason we have these jobs is so we don't miss anything. Yeah. And so the kids were a little grumpy, like, oh, not grumpy, but like, oh, you're not going to be there. Oh, that's sad. And they they sort of pointed out, like, oh, your your weird jobs kind of take you there. I'm like, listen. <laughs> We could have different jobs and never go to anything. So they, I don't think they've ever known anything different. And when we mm -hmm. encourage it, it, I don't, it, also your parents, it's, it's great that you listen to your parents, but 
I don't know how much our kids, our own children, listen to what we say. Yeah, I'll say this. There's there's some little signs that they've picked up on it. Like my son wants to once he started putting skits, like an editing skits on a gaming channel, and there's a lot of kids who do that. <laughs> you know, he's he's got he's got editing yeah. software. He's working on that. My daughter started a sticker. Like she, she has some merch. She makes some on stickers Redbubble. on Redbubble. It's tiny, right? Uh, I yeah. think her stickers are great. I, I'm trying. It's so funny. I'm trying not to encourage them too much. And that you're going to end up being my therapist on this. Like a big part of our job is exposure. Like that's mm-hmm. how. Like our our thing. Like we don't do as much product as we do exposure. Exposure is what pays the bills here, the videos that people watch. And so we we're very aware of and trying to be careful about that. And I will say they do seem very well adjusted when it comes to that. Um, but as far as like starting a business, I don't know. What do you think? Um, I think Lola has the mindset and definitely could benefit from like her new friend, Jess. I like, think so too. She's going to have to have some therapy sessions. Yeah. Um, she probably needs to hear from somebody that's not us th- too. Somebody that's not mm-hmm. us. Yeah. But I, for my children, well, I mean, we just never get to choose what they want to do. But if I could choose a path for them, I would prefer them to pursue entrepreneurship because of what you just said. Yeah. Of just like yeah. they get to kind of own it. And yeah. And, and, and I think, you know, one of the things that you all are doing that that <laughs> that my parents did and not saying that every parent or adult has to be an entrepreneur, but like kids and people can only dream about what they see. And like what they're exposed Mm -hmm. to. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that I had a front row seat watching my dad turn a bathroom into an office was like a primetime viewing for becoming an entrepreneur one day. But it doesn't have to mean that like you have to be an entrepreneur. But I think that it's important for parents to not be afraid to be seen trying in front of their kids. Mm -hmm. And so maybe it's trying by like, you know, organizing a neighborhood yard sale and you're making the posters and you're asking for help. Or maybe it's trying like, you know, uh, there's a dangerous intersection and you want to get a stop sign there or stoplight. And hey, I'm going to write the government and, and try to make this happen. And it might not work, but just being okay with being seen trying in front of your kids, I think is the best way to get that exposure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it, it also just starts like, I just remember, you know, and Kim, I'm sure you remember this too, but being a little girl and you're just like learning about the presidents mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, well, I guess well, in order to be president, that. you have, have to be a, a boy. Yeah. 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 And there's a really interesting study actually at, at University of Illinois where five years old is where kids start to form opinions of themselves. Mm. And that's like when we start to to think, am I good at this? Am I bad at this? Am I popular? Am I not? And then at six years old is when we start to form gender opinions of ourselves. And in the study, it showed that the kids would think boys are really, really smart and girls are really, really nice. Mm. And then start to do or not do activities that agree with that stereotype. And so maybe you're not, you know, once you say, I'm a girl, I'm really nice. Therefore, I need to be the one who takes notes, not the one who leads the meeting. And so we dream about what we're exposed to. And which is why I just think it's so important, like, as women to Mm -hmm. start businesses, whether or not they, they succeed or not, run for local office, speak, do all these things, because whether they're your kids or not, they're watching yeah. and they can only dream about what they see. I'm glad that you said something about trying hard 
Um, no one tries harder than my wife. Like she, no, I'm serious. You are the, um, and they, there's a, there's a derogatory term for this. The try hard. And I, I hate that it's a derogatory term. You are the biggest try hard I know. And I mean, that is the biggest possible compliment. Like you are always working and, and, and celebrated. And, and, yes, and it doesn't always work. And Who cares? I, exactly. I did get yeah. the advice from a therapist at one point, or it was Hope Seidel, who's like a parenting coach to point out when things don't work out, even if you had a bad day, mm. but just to, to display for our kids, ah, I didn't have a bad day. Fallibility. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna be okay, but I goofed this or something. But we've had businesses we started that we were just in over our skis or just like a part of a business that didn't work out. And didn't work. because I was like, I can't keep putting money into this or I can't keep doing mm -hmm. this. And kind of, we've explained that as well. But I, I did love something you said, Jess, about, because there are people that really have great jobs at the local bank. They're not going to quit their job mm -hmm. to become an entrepreneur, but there are things they can do to model the spirit to their kids. And, Absolutely. But don't you feel as if there has sort of a, been a mood shift maybe after the pandemic? There are so many people, even with these great secure jobs at the bank, that are looking for something more, whether it's a side hustle or something. I mean, I know we're, we're focused, your, your book and, and our conversation is focusing on how to model this for mm -hmm. kids, but a lot of adults are, are craving this too, don't you think? Oh my gosh, the numbers are staggering. And I don't have like the most recent ones, but the amount of people who have started freelance work or started their own businesses since the pandemic, especially women, because mm -hmm. women were, you know, the great resignation at the forefront of potentially being the default parent at home while also having to work and needing more flexibility. So how do I, how do I do that? How do I still like remain, you know, with a pulse on the work, uh, bring in money for my family, but also be able to be there for my kids. And so nowadays, like the resources that we have make it really easy to start, but also pretty hard to scale mm -hmm. because like anyone can, you could start a company in five minutes, sba.gov, get your license, shopify.com, start your website, bada bing, bada boom, you're up. But as a result of that, you know, it's like, how do you cut through the noise of everyone else, you know, starting the things that they want to do? Um, and so I like, kind of like to call this the, the purpose test and you all can, you can, if you're listening, you can do this and this can be like starting a business or it can be purely like something that is in your work or in your life. I like to imagine, you know, whatever it is, the thing that you're chasing, whether it's your business idea or something at work, imagine that you got it, but no one knew it was you. You had to remain anonymous, like no name attached. Would you still do it? Mm -hmm. And that is a real like gut check of like, am I doing something based on how it looks or based on how it will feel? And like the best businesses are not based on like how it'll look, but the impact that it'll have. Another analogy I like to use is like, if you've ever had an itch between your shoulder blades that you can't scratch and it drives you crazy, that's what a business idea should feel like, where it's like, ah, oh, like this problem isn't being solved. And then your business is the scratch, it's the solution. And those are the best ways to come up with ideas is like, what does it matter if I get recognized or not? Um, and then also, is this an itch that I can provide a scratch or is it just an idea? So those are some just kind of mental ways that you can test like some of the things that might be floating in your mind. 
how many times in your career have you had that retractable headphone idea and then realized that it's already been out there? And and how <laughs> oh do my you, gosh. and how do you deal with that? And how does that transfer into something like Headbands for Hope, which no one had thought of? Yeah. Well, t- I mean, you all are in Raleigh. I'll tell you my most recent idea that didn't come to fruition. I was like, <laughs> like you, and I believe I watched one of your videos around this. I got on the pickleball train. I was yes. like, oh, like yep. pickleball. We're all in. About to crush it. And I'm like, oh, there should be a place where we can play pickleball, get drinks, we've done food. The same. Like we've done the same thing. <laughs> same thing. And okay. we had it. We had a name for it, and it was gonna sell fried chicken. But you go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, you go. Okay. Okay. So maybe we could still go in together. But yeah. it was like, um, you know, I met with a commercial realtor, yep. looking oh, wow. at warehouses. Like, okay, let's. And I, I liked something. This is actually another uh, tip that you all can use. I like to use this idea called try it on. So instead of like being one foot in, one foot out on something, it's like, try it on, try it on for three weeks or try it on for 48 hours. Like give yourself a time frame. And it, this could be starting a business, this could be like, what if I had a new job? What if uh, my husband and I did this when we decided to live in an Airstream for, you know, three years, we like tried it on. And then you can give yourself an out at the end of that time frame and say, okay, I tried it on. It's not it. Or I'm going to keep rolling with it. So yeah. I, and then of course, like the news and observer, like everything is like new pickleball. There's three of them. New like pickleball bar. It's three. Yes. So I was like, all right, I'm not, uh, I'm not going to be the first to market. uh, So let's let this go. And then another thing I did that didn't come to fruition was I realized how, and I think that there's something where this can live one day. I realized how much I loved recording my grandparents and their stories Mm. and how many people I met that had regret around not getting their grandparents' stories recorded. And so I started a podcast that never got published, but with my mom, where we would ship recording equipment to people who wanted to interview like a senior citizen in their life, whether it's a grandparent or their neighbor and like get their story. And, you know, we called it senior year and we wanted to like get advice from seniors out there. And then it was just like, you know, I felt like I was at mic drop workshop and headbands of hope. I was building this thing and it was just totally a left turn and I just couldn't find a way to make it all cohesive. And so we still have it, but, and, but it's just like, I learned so much about it. And I like to say like failures are research. I mean, they're not something that a lot of people are like, Oh, like celebrate failures. I wouldn't go that far. It's, (laughs) it sucks when you fail at something, but at the end of the day, you have research and so much information that you didn't have before to then go do the next thing. I mean, I'm sure like family face off so many things that you all do today are standing on the failures that people didn't see, but you wouldn't be able to stand so high if you didn't have those. I uh, could not agree more. First of all, would not call senior year podcast a failure. I would just, and we've had some of those too. We've started different YouTube channels and we've started different, you know, sources of content that weren't bad at all, but they just, Mm -hmm. we could not devote enough time to make them what we wanted them to be. Yeah. So we had to, anyway, so you you brought up the, exactly. mic drop, the mic drop workshop, public speaking and encouraging women specifically to get onto that circuit, uh, circuit is is something you're really passionate about. Can you talk to us a little, little bit about this and, and give advice for yeah. women who are listening? I'll, I'll give you the thread really quickly. You know, I had the idea for Headbands of Hope 
no marketing budget. No, I was 18 years old. And so I begged college professors for like five minutes before class. I'm like, can I get up here and tell people what I'm doing? And they were like, okay, you got five minutes. And then I learned if I can also add in a, like a takeaway for the class, then I'll get 10 minutes mm -hmm. to talk instead of five. And then uh, I got an email one day from Marshall University that was like, you know, we hear you're doing some public speaking in classes, which was only like a couple ones at NC State. <laughs> what are your rates to come speak to our university? I was like, rates? Um, are you kidding me? Like people pay? Let me check yeah. with my business manager. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. I'm like, let me forward you to my agent, uh, my dog. But um <laughs> And so I remember, like, I should print off the email. I was like, don't worry about it. Like, just get me dinner. And like, and, oh and now gosh. I'm like, what was I thinking? Yeah. Um. So I went and spoke at Marshall and little by little, I was able to scale Headbands of Hope by speaking. One, the exposure and two, the financial opportunities. I was able to put it back into the business, hire more people and really scale it. And then, you know, as I got older, I graduated and started speaking at more bigger stages. And I realized like so many times I was the the only woman on the on the panel or in the lineup. And I would always ask the event, oh, what was it about me, my message? You know, why are you bringing me to speak? I kid you not, multiple times they were like, we needed a woman. Like mm -hmm. we got really bad, you know, reviews last year that it wasn't diverse enough. And I'm like, what is going on? Yeah. And so I, you guys will know, you know, Capital Club here in Raleigh in 2018, I rented out like the bottom floor of Capital Club and said, you know, and put up an Eventbrite. It was like any woman who wants to learn how to get paid to speak and start a speaking business, come to Capital Club Thursday night, I'll have wine and cheese. <laughs> and the whole place filled up with these amazing women with incredible stories. And people were like, can you record this? Can you put it online? And I had never thought about it, um, but I was like, sure. And so that was the start of Mic Drop Workshop. And now we've trained thousands of women to become professional speakers, even write books. And now we're going into companies and helping companies help their women become more confident at speaking. But like, I just truly believe that uh, public speaking is just like the best tool that you can have starting as a kid to an adult. Like there is science behind when we stop raising our hand. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll speak at, you know, kindergarten, first grade, and I haven't even finished what I'm saying. Every single hand is like, I, I have a question, I have a question. And they don't even know what they're gonna ask. They just right. wanna speak. And then I don't know when it is, like fourth or fifth grade, mm -hmm. kids stop raising their hands. They get, they start to question their own voice. Mm -hmm. And then we, it goes into adulthood. So I'm like, if I can help women and girls know that their voice is useful and powerful and just how to deliver it, that's the best tool I can ever give. So that's really where my time is now is just building Mic Drop Workshop and just this movement to help girls and women speak with confidence. And that's another example of you saw a need and you filled that need. You saw, I mean, that's like- It's in a scratch. Yeah. yeah. Um, for the women listening who are like, well, I don't have a story to tell. Like, I can't ever get it. I mean, who would who would pay me to speak? I'm assuming you could probably help them mine for something. Yes. 
Yeah. Yes. I'll tell a, a quick story on that. I don't know if you guys have ever been to Peaks Island off of the coast of Maine. Mm-mm. My husband and I went there when we were in the Airstream and there's like two restaurants. It's this tiny island, but I was looking at what to do and there was a umbrella cover museum. A what? You were, you An umbrella that cover correctly. museum. Um, like the, a museum like for the things that everyone covers. throws away as soon as they get the umbrella and never see again. Or at least. Right. Maybe. Yeah. Exactly. And so there was an umbrella covering museum. I'm like, what is this? So we go in, it's this little like tiny, tiny, tiny room. This woman has an umbrella hat on. The wall is covered with categorized umbrella covers. You have animal ones, you have political historic umbrella covers. There's a closet that you have to be 18 or older to go into for erotica umbrella covers. Yeah. Yeah. And I am like, what? This woman's been on NPR. She's like crushing it. And I'm like, what? How did you get started? And she goes, you know, it was the 90s. It was going to rain. Brought my umbrella out. I took the umbrella cover off and I thought, what a cute like jacket this is for umbrellas. This is just (laughs) an umbrella jacket. Yeah. And she just became obsessed with umbrella covers. And she goes, but really, at the end of the day, this museum is a reminder for people to stop and celebrate the mundane. There are so many things in our life that we just breeze on by and we Mm. don't realize the significance or the meaning or the things that bring us joy. And that is what I teach, you know, with Mic Drop Workshop is like most of the stories that I tell in my talk are not big stories. You know, it's the little things like a time where I was going to try yoga and like fell on my face there. And so people in the audience need to be able to draw the connection from where they're sitting to where you're standing. And if you're up there in this robotic way of someone who's perfect, that has this major story that no one else can ever dream of, then it's going to be really hard to build that connection. So people are just craving authenticity. And that's why I think like the mic is so ripe right now for women speakers who want to just share their lived experience and help people not make the same mistakes they did. Authentic, singular, very random, which I'm actually here for when it comes to an umbrella cover. Like that's that's a great example of she she may not have had a story, but she noticed something, and that's she all it takes. Something. That's all exactly. it takes. Yeah. Okay, so um, here's the part where we'd like to make sure if people want to know more about you, uh, where can they find you on what app or what website? What's the best place to learn more about what yes. Jess has got going on? Um, you can, with Mic Drop, you can go to micdropworkshop.com. Uh, you can also go to first name, last name, jessextrum.com. But I would say the place that people love uh, that is a little not traditional, every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern, I send out a hype text, just like a quote or some thoughts to start your week. So um, you can text me. The number is 704 228 9495. And you can text me the word hype. And you'll hear from me every Monday at 11. And that's, uh, and I actually read those texts. It's not like a robot. So if you have something you learned from this or a question, you can feel free to text me. Oh, I love that. So if you're listening and driving, you I just did it. You just did it. And it comes back immediately with, hey, it's Jess. This is an auto text to let you know I got your message. Everything else will be from me. Please click the link and add yourself so I can reply to you. Oh, I love that. There you go. Okay. And we'll put that in the show notes so people can go back and and reference that. And well, this has just been 
So helpful and just reminding us all to look on the bright side. And sometimes when people say like, look on the bright side, I'm like, really? Have you been through it? But you've been through it. You've been through it and found the bright side. I appreciate that. And I will say just fangirl moment, you know, you two being in Raleigh, we've had some times where we, maybe we haven't met, but we've brushed shoulders like Penn. I think we were in a CrossFit class together at some point. What? And yeah. And I just, okay. Yeah. I think at Raleigh CrossFit, you like dropped in or something. I I think we've done some sort of workout class together because it was right (laughs) when you like left your job and was starting this. And I just remember watching you two and, and like, you know, there's, when you're an entrepreneur, when you're going for it, it's so easy to compare yourself or when you see someone win, like, why didn't I get that? You know, but watching you all so genuinely pursue this, there is nothing that I felt, but like, just heck yeah. Like, look at them doing it and going for it and people see what we see. And it's uh, just been so cool to watch. And I just want you to know, I've been watching from the beginning and mm. you have done it with a clear head on your shoulders and like just humbled. And and it, it's just been, it's it's taught me a lot about how I approach being in the public eye. So well, I appreciate that. You are so kind to say that. So if you... So if you knew him during Raleigh CrossFit, we had an office. So another thing that didn't, not that it didn't work, but we were trying, we didn't realize when we did Christmas jammies, we were doing it to start a video production and marketing company. And it definitely jumpstarted it. But we didn't realize that we would do this work, what you're seeing. We thought we'd be always Mm -hmm. behind the scenes. And it was definitely working, but it was the... It was hard to scale it up. And it was hard to, it was hard to do it while we weren't there. Um, and most, most importantly, it was at a, I think at a point, uh, like a convergent time historically, when people weren't spending $30,000 on an industrial video, when they could get something really good looking with this and put it on YouTube. Yeah. So like we, we, it took us a while to read the tea leaves when it came to that. Yeah. It, we were, we were slow learners with that yeah. and we didn't realize that people would want to see us. So it took us another two years before we really jumped into doing what we're doing now but again we've started stuff that hasn't worked and that's the good thing about the podcast is like you can get kind of nuanced and raw about it so people who listen the real ones listen to the podcast and they know all the things we suck at so (laughs) that's right yeah but you're so kind and so generous with your time and i do follow jess on all of her socials and it's a she's a good follow she's not going to beat you over the head she's a good follow so thank you thank you for doing this thanks guys i I appreciate it. it Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.